Welcome to the Region Free Gamers Podcast. Today... Wait, did you hear that? Holy crap, it's our favorite handheld! Welcome to the Region Free Gamers Podcast, the podcast that is fluent in gaming. My name is Masa, and you can listen to this episode anytime, anywhere, and with anyone. Today's episode will be all about the Nintendo Switch, and we will discuss how Nintendo went from Nintendo Doom to Nintendo Domination. But before we try <laughs> to convince our buddy Arnie to buy a Switch, I'd like to thank all our listeners for um, checking out the show, because you guys make the podcast um, worth doing. And if you like the podcast, please leave us a rating on iTunes. And as always, please like, comment, and subscribe. But yeah, before we get down down to business, um, I would like to introduce my awesome co-hosts. So first of all, we have a uh, man, and not just any man, but the boldest man in Yukon, straight out of Canada, Paul. <laughs> Hey, my name is Paul. Uh, yes, I have no hair, and I like video games. <laughs> and secondly, uh, we have our social media manager, who doesn't actually piss people off, Arnaldo from Virginia. Hey, y'all. Uh, mobile gaming peaked with the Nokia N-Gage, so I don't know why we're doing this episode. <laughs> <laughs> and last but not least, the man who will handle all our, all our potential lawsuits, the Brooklyn man, a.k.a. Ozzy. I'm just here for Switch of Palooza, dudes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. So, yeah, will you show up in Mega Man 11? Oh, I think so. I don't know. <laughs> 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 Brooklyn, dude. <laughs> Anyways. Okay, right. so, yeah, I mean, let's get down to business. And, um, okay, so, yeah, today, today's episode, like I mentioned earlier, um, it's going to be all about the Nintendo Switch. But before we actually get to the Switch, um, we have to talk about the Wii U. Um, even if yeah, the Wii U wasn't exactly like the most successful Nintendo console, peace. yeah, exactly. But you kind of can't talk about the Switch without talking about the Wii U. So, um, in a way, the Wii U can be seen as the prototype for the Switch, um, even if the core idea is the opposite for both consoles. Um, as in, with the Wii U, you actually had a tablet controller, um, and you had a separate like console unit. And the console is actually like streaming video um, or like game footage to the tablet. But the Switch is the opposite. Like you have the dock, which is um, like the streaming unit, and then you have the kind of like the well. In this case, it's not a tablet controller, but it's a actual tablet. So well, I I think the problem with the Wii U is that Nintendo could never really explain what the purpose of it was. When you look at it, it didn't make sense why you needed that. So so what is it? Is it a tablet? Is it an off-screen uh, second screen? Uh, you never could figure it out. Whereas with the Switch, it, it makes sense instantly. It's like okay, you can take it anywhere, and it doubles as a screen. Um, but with the Wii U, one of its many failures is that it just couldn't explain its existence. It was really more in line with uh, remote play that Sony tried to implement with the Vita and the PSP than with the Switch itself. And I think that's one of the many reasons why the Wii U failed. It just couldn't really justify its existence. 
Yeah, like I'm not sure if you guys uh, remember the the first E3 re- reveal trailer for the Wii U, but in that trailer, I think it was like um, they mentioned the um, phrase "new controller." Um, I think it was like 14 times, and <laughs> like the phrase "new new console" zero times. So yeah, like it's easy to see like why people were confused about the Wii U. Like I know that a lot of people. Um, the Wii sold 100 million units, and I'm mm-hmm. sure that a lot of those people thought that the Wii U was just an add-on, and they didn't yeah. need it. Well, I feel like, Masa, maybe even if Nintendo had just come out with uh, an, an improved Wii with motion controllers, I think that would have even been better than what they came out with the Wii U, because the people that you grabbed with the Wii were not people that were going to necessarily be attuned to what the Wii U was. I mean, I know Nintendo has always wanted kind of a, a second pillar and a third pillar, whereas like the Wii would not be supplanted by the Wii U, but that doesn't really work. And so the Wii U, it really didn't make, if it didn't make sense for gamers, it made even less sense for people that were not gamers. I mean, it, when I first saw it, I thought this is clearly meant for kids and it's kind of like baby's first tablet. And it really couldn't ever go beyond that in terms of its purpose. That's a really good point. I never, I never thought of it that way as something that you know would appear to be marketed towards children. But when you when you hold the tablet and feel it, it does kind of feel like you know the Fisher Price tablet a little bit. <laughs> it does. Yeah, I mean, no, it, it really a, does, right? Yeah, I mean, there's a huge difference. Like when you are holding um, a Switch, it actually like really feels like you are actually you know holding a very um, like a high-tech. yeah, high-tech, like a high-tech high yeah. device. Yeah. Uh, but the Switch, I mean, not the Switch, but the Wii U tablet is just like yeah. I mean, it's like baby's first tablet. Yeah, yeah. Are we like? I'm I'm thinking that there might be another problem with the Wii U that just occurred to me. Um, is there like a rock band effect here? Because like when we first looked at the Wii, we're like, holy shit, we've never seen anything like this before. It became a fad. A lot of people who didn't ordinarily play video games were suddenly playing Wii Sports. And then you have the Wii U, and it's much like Rock Band, where, you know, we've kind of been there and done that, and all mm-hmm. the people who aren't kind of the the core gamer base for these kind of consoles just didn't support it anymore. Suddenly you have these 100 million people who bought a Wii who were like, eh, I've already done that already. I'll just put my drums in the corner here. Yeah. Could that be it too? Yeah, I think I think that's right. And I, I also would go even a step further, Paul, which is that by the time that the Wii U released, people were fed up with plastic controllers. And oh, yeah. I, I have to say that the Wii U felt like another, you know, hulky plastic controller. And it's like, I, I even, I keep the Wii U, you know, tablet like on, on my shelf, but it takes up unnecessary space, whereas with a regular controller, you can just put it into a drawer and you're fine. But yeah. the Wii U, I mean, the screen can so easily scratch. You just kind of have to keep it out. And, you know, for limited space, even for something like as simple as being in Japan, in Japan, the less space that you take up, the better. And I don't think that the Wii U was practical in that sense. No, no, absolutely. That that tablet, the fact that it it has to stay charged, plugged in, and so on and so forth. I mean, look... People do this with their PS4 controllers, right? Like they have a dock, they put the PS4 controller in the dock. I'm not pretending that we don't do this already with other consoles, but I mean, personally, I don't. And my PS4 controller has a very small footprint in the room. I was going to say, yeah, this thing's like the size of three PS4 controllers. Yeah, exactly, right? I mean, 
maybe that's maybe that's a little much, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but still, right? Like it is something that kind of has to sit up, right? It has to be plugged in always because the battery life is garbage. Yeah, and, and, and like and if you, you compare it. it to the Switch, it's different because um, like you like for example me, like when I'm you know at home gaming, I usually played my Switch you know in like docked mode. Uh, but the Wii U, um, I mean, it's the same. Like, I mean, obviously, like, I'm playing it on, on TV, and then the battery life is, like, I don't know, three hours on a good day, maybe? Yeah. yeah. And, the, and the tablet has to be turned on in order to play it, even if you're using the, yeah, I mean, the Pro yeah, Controller, uh, yeah, which that's, was probably that's one of the, the biggest failures. Thing. Yeah, that, yeah. That, that was just a really horrible, like, um, design decision. Yeah. It doesn't make any sense. I think the biggest failure, though, was the fact that the the range was terrible. I mean, there's no purpose in having a second screen if you can't walk more than ten meters from it. I mean, I uh, I, yeah. I realized that after I got it, I was like, oh man, this is really cool. And then I went to my bedroom and it was like, oh, you know, signal lost. You're, <laughs> really, <laughs> you're I mean, stuck. I gotta say, like, fortunately for me, like the um the apartment where where I used to live, like back in the VU days, it was so small that you know I could actually like. Um, like when I had gaming night with my with my buddies, like we could play Mario Kart, and you know I, I could just go to the toilet <laughs> with the tablet and play it with my friends. So <laughs> yeah, which really is the, it's, it's really the whole reason why Nintendo created this. They wanted to make sure you were able to game on the toilet. Yeah, I think exactly. that I think that's closer than you might actually think. <laughs> I think that, that you joke, but. There no, is definitely somebody whose entire reason for buying this was like, yes. <laughs> Dude, I think, I think they released like a marketing photo with like someone playing it on the toilet. Oh, really? Yeah, but like even I, I, better. Actually, Nintendo did that? <laughs> I yeah, but even Switch, better. Yeah. Like, this is not even a joke, awesome. but like there's a Switch commercial where you have a guy, you know, on the toilet playing Mario Kart. That, that's the one I'm referring to. Oh, yeah, that's yeah. awesome. Yeah. Not with yeah. Wii U, but yeah, with the Switch, yeah. With the Switch, yeah. 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 Wow, man. I think at that point, they must have hit, like, the we'll try anything mode. <laughs> <laughs> but no, listen, I mean, I, I think that the Wii U, all things said, I think, yes, it was a monumental failure, but I will commend Nintendo for trying something new. I mean, that's really Nintendo. I mean, they always try something very innovative and something out of left field. And sometimes they miss more often than not. Uh, but when they hit it, you know, they really hit it out of the park because... They're really thinking outside the box. They're thinking in ways that Sony and Microsoft are not necessarily thinking. And everyone else just kind of follows when Nintendo does something that's very successful. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, exactly. I mean, the, the thing that's really the most Nintendo thing is putting out this console with this new concept that bombs terribly and then doubling down on that for their next console. Like, no, we're going to do this again, but better. That's yeah. the most Nintendo thing is like not... You know, they they fail, and then they're not like, well, let's do something different. They're like, no, we're going to do this again. Well, I mean, we saw that with the... We saw that basically with the N64 and yeah. GameCube, where <laughs> the N64 was relatively speaking unsuccessful i mean it was a successful console yeah. but really sony ate their lunch mm -hmm. and then they have the gamecube and it's like eh, you know what let's not go with the cd media <laughs> and we'll go with these little discs and it's like guys what are you doing right like yeah. everybody uses cd or dvd media at that yep. point like why are you not jumping in those waters but i mean that's nintendo right yeah it's and never... it's just kind of it's, it's kind of the frustrating hubris of Japanese companies 
there's just so much of it. I mean, even with the Nintendo 64, where Nintendo basically told everyone to screw off, you know, that they were just going to stay with cartridges and, you know, you can go with your CD media and fail like the 3DO. Um, and then every third party jump ship. Um, yeah. it, it's it's just the, the hubris that just kind of bugs the hell out of me out of Japanese <laughs> companies. But you got to say, at the same time, it's quite interesting how, if you think about, like, let's say the post 16-bit consoles, like N64 and GameCube, they were both, like, really powerful consoles, but they didn't do all that well. Um, well, the GameCube failed. The GameCube was the yeah, worst, the selling, was the worst selling console um, yeah. until the Wii U. Yeah, but then you have have like um, you have the Wii and the Switch, which are both uh, severely underpowered, but they are the best-selling consoles. So yeah, like it's it's. Uh, I, I really feel like Nintendo succeeds whenever they do an underpowered console because they succeeded with the Game Boy. Um, they succeeded with an Nintendo Entertainment System, which I don't know if you would call it underpowered, but it certainly there were other systems that were more powerful at the time. I think on the PC market. Um, but it seems like they succeed whenever they do that lateral thinking of just use outdated technology and, you know, use it in innovative ways. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, I kind of miss the days of the GameCube when they were at the top of the line in terms of power, but it hasn't worked out for them necessarily. And, you know, maybe if they had done like CD media, they would have succeeded, but, you know, they didn't. So, yeah, here's some data about like how big of a failure um, the VU was. It actually sold less than 14 million units in, like, let's say, well, the lifetime sales. So basically five years. And the mm-hmm. Switch actually surpassed VU's lifetime sales in only 10 months. And, like, I remember um, before um, the Switch was, like, officially announced, and there were rumors that, yeah, Nintendo wanted to, you know, produce 10 to 20 million Switch consoles a year. And even for the first year, it was like, yeah, we got to produce, like, at least, you know, 10 to 15 million units. I was like, wait, what, like, what is going on? Like, your previous console didn't even sell 15 million units, and now you are, now you are thinking that you will sell, you know, 15 million a ye- in a year. Um, okay, so, yeah, sure, it ended up happening, so, I don't know, <laughs> what do I know? <laughs> so, yeah, I guess, neither prove me wrong, but still. Um, but, yeah, the thing about the Switch was that, um, Okay, so yeah, it's it's no surprise that um, Nintendo's profits were declining in the post Wii and the you know the DS era, as uh, both of those consoles like combined sold to over two hundred and fifty million units, which is insane. Yeah, yeah. Due to this and uh, the dec- declining profits, um, like Nintendo, like they actually crafted a new strategy for Nintendo how to like revitalized their business model um and it was a bit of a revolutionary thing in a way that okay so okay like let's say every video game company um when it comes to sony microsoft nintendo like once they put out their latest consoles they they start playing the next one so i mean that's nothing new like creating new hardware um but for the first time nintendo actually they decided that they were going to enter the mobile market. And also, another thing was maximizing um, their intellectual property. um, And which is smart, because if you think about Nintendo and, like, how strong their IPs are, um, like, you have Mario, Zelda, Pokemon, you know, Metroid, Kirby, like, Mm -hmm. you have, like, so many different IPs, and... Yep. It's like one of the strongest lineups. But it comes like I mean entertainment in general. 
Yeah. It should absolutely. always be their number one focus. Frankly, like that's that is where their focus should be all the time. Because yeah, exactly, they, yeah. they have the best IP. So I'm not saying halo it and put out a new thing every year. They're also very good at, you know, taking care of that IP, but you definitely want to take advantage of it as much as yeah. you can within yeah. reason. So I mean, you know, Pokemon Go's made obscene amounts of money. Mario huh. Run made obscene amounts of money. I think they're doing um, like theme park stuff now with Universal and stuff like that. Um, they're doing. And there's going to be a Mario movie. Yeah, exactly. Yep. So, so they're they're definitely doing that, which is something you know. I think I think they were sort of scared off um, early on because. You know, when they started the NES era and even to some point the SNES era, they they did license a lot. Um, And I think it eventually got to the point where it started hurting the brand a little bit uh, through failed ventures. And so they they pulled back on it. Um, But now I think they're they're doing it right. You know, they're sort of uh, spreading out and sort of using their IP in smart ways to make money for the company, but also not diluting the brand um, at the same time. Yeah, yeah. If only they had done that with all the plastic garbage for the Wii and just kind of like <laughs> kept a tight rein on it, but nobody's perfect. Yeah. But yeah, uh, something interesting happened on uh, March 17, 2015. Um, there was a event where um, Nintendo... Um, like they announced that they have entered um, into a partnership with um, DNA, which is a um, mobile game developer, and that they would start, um, like DNA would start making games based on Nintendo's first-party titles. But at the same event, um, Nintendo actually they announced, and I believe that it was like because they didn't like they wanted to make sure that the investors and the fans like like they wouldn't you know be afraid that Nintendo would like leave the console market um, after the whole, you know, the Wii U flop. So Nintendo actually announced that they are um, working on a new console um, codenamed NX. And, um, but yeah, before we get to the NX, um, so what do you guys think? Like, would the Switch have become um, such a huge hit without the failure of the Wii U? And is the Switch popular or, like, is this success due um, to, like, the Wii failure? Like, like, what it meant to happen? Like, did this, um, like, yeah. No, I don't think so. I, you know, that's giving the Wii U too much credit. I think the Wii U is a failure. <laughs> and uh, everyone forgot about it the moment that it released. Um, I mean, it forced Nintendo to come up with something um, newer, a little bit faster. Uh, but I think their intention was always to create something that would improve upon uh, the Wii U. So I think sooner or later you would have had the Switch. Um, everyone forgot about the Switch. I don't think people were thinking about. I mean, about the Wii U. I don't. People were not thinking about the Wii U when they were, you know, interested in getting the Switch. Is yeah. there not though some kind of like child actor effect here, where you have the where you have the Wii, you know, the adorable little kid. He's in all the TV shows. And then you have the Wii U, <laughs> and the child actor comes crashing to the ground with like cocaine. And he's going problem. through puberty. <laughs> yeah, but then like, but then the Switch comes along, and everybody's ready for Jason Bateman's comeback, right? <laughs> After I, Teen I don't Wolf. Know. <laughs> yeah, like I think 
<laughs> or like we can call I'm it the Britney just Spears effect. Of even. the of the kid that played Anakin Skywalker in like the Star Wars prequels, who later got like a DUI like 15 years later. <laughs> that no, kid's dude, never coming. I, back. I, I that, think... that kid's no Nintendo Switch. I'm sorry, but like we do have a template there. I mean, I think the market was ready for Nintendo to come back. They're like, wow, the Wii U was terrible, but boy, I sure do like Zelda. I'm I'm ready for Nintendo again. They've you know we've kind of beaten them into the ground a little bit. Let's get back on board. Uh, I don't know. I think there I, might I, be a little bit of that. I, I I think I think that we use more Macaulay Culkin. Um, <laughs> everyone forgot Come about on, him, and then like you he see was him, way more successful than the Wii U. <laughs> <laughs> well, at least I he think, dated Mila Kunis. So I don't know. I think I think the the Switch was successful in spite of the Wii U's failure because, like I, I said, agree. if you if if this was Sony or Microsoft and they put out a console like this and it failed this hard, they would never try something like this again. They wouldn't even look at a tablet controller. They would burn all the prototypes. They would chuck it in a landfill and forget about it <laughs> only nintendo would fail this hard and be like no we're gonna we're gonna make this work we're gonna force well, you to to really like this because we think it's good and so we we're, we're we know that we can convince you that it's good well nintendo has a nintendo has a precedence of that arnie i mean look at the virtual boy biggest <laughs> failure ever and then they came out 10 years later with hey it's 3d guys you're yep. gonna love it um with a 3ds so they have a history of just kind of repurposing their past failures into something new. Yeah. So, yeah, it was quite interesting how, um, yeah, I mean, I would say it's interesting how, like, they knew, like, fairly uh, early on that the Wii U wasn't going to take off. And then two and a half years later, they already announced or they mentioned that they are working on a new console called the NX. Yeah, I, I my, my enduring memory of the Wii U will be um, Reggie Philomay, and uh, I think it was like the Video Game Awards of 2013, which no one watched. <laughs> and, uh, you know, they were they kept on waiting for him to announce some Zelda news or something like that, or even like a new console. And he just kept talking about Tropical Freeze, and no one cared. And Tropical Freeze is a great game, but yeah, like the, <laughs> and big the big reveal was, was Cranky Kong. <laughs> yeah, you get Cranky Kong, guys. <laughs> yeah, um, imagine, like last year, they announced Bayonetta 3, and then, you know, for the Wii U, it was like, hey, he has Tropical Freeze and Cranky Kong, yay! Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it, it, it was it was a very uncomfortable and awkward time for Nintendo and the executives, because they knew that they didn't have on their hands what they needed to make it succeed. Yeah. And they just had to, like, twiddle their thumbs and be like, Cranky Kong, guys! <laughs> you guys uh. remember him? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so, yeah, um... Nintendo actually, like, they put out, like, very little information about the NX. Um, but it was mainly, like, they wanted to come up with a new um, way to play video games. And also, it was a brand new concept. And one thing that was mentioned was um, the whole, like, Blue Ocean approach. And, like, I found it a bit curious, because... Um, because I, I was a bit like, okay, so Nintendo will release kind of like a mid-generation console. So I was like, okay, so since the Wii U failed and, you know, the Wii U was underpowered, like day one, it was an underpowered console. So I was like, okay, so maybe they will actually release a very powerful console, like something that, that's going to, you know, compete against, like, let's say, PS4 Pro um, and the upcoming, you know, the the more powerful Xbox console. Um yeah, but then they mentioned the whole Blue Ocean thing, and I think it was like Reggie himself who was like, we are not going to, you know, 
directly competing against Microsoft and Sony, but like we are trying to create an entirely like new market for the Switch. And then Shinya Takahashi said that we feel like we are an entertainment company rather than necessar- necessarily a games or a graphics company. So like, um, how did you guys feel about like these comments and what did you think that the NX was going to be like? I had no idea. And frankly, with the demise of the Wii U at the time, I didn't care. I was just like, you know what? I'll see it when I see it. And if I think it's interesting, then I'll buy it, which I did. Um, but like at the time, no, blue ocean approach. I don't even know. Like, what is it? Ice cream approach, steering wheel approach. Like they could, they could name any kind of noun and cute puppy approach. It's all, it's all meaningless. Right. Um, but Hey, Nintendo, if that, like the one thing that I can take from that announcement is the whole, we're not competing with Microsoft and Sony that I'm on board with. Like you guys have to swerve. You have to do something a little bit different because, you know, those companies, they don't, they have a whole bunch of other departments that they can yeah. borrow money from for R&D that Nintendo can't. So to compete with them on a technological front, pointless. So, hey, you know, hats off to Nintendo for making that decision. Obviously the right move. Yeah. yeah. I mean, for me, it was much like Paul. I I didn't get a Wii U. I never bought a Wii U. So... Nintendo was not at the forefront of my sort of gaming life at this point. Um, And I really didn't know what to expect from a new console. I was hoping that it would not be like a Wii U Pro or something like that. I did not I did not want them to do some mid generation thing because I thought, you know, you've already you already know this doesn't work. So just refocus on something new that you can pitch in a couple years and just ride out this sort of rough patch on the back of strong 3ds sales because nintendo's owned the handheld market for like 30 years at this point um so that's always been like their big backup for whenever things don't go so well on the console front um but yeah these these you know i didn't know what to expect i was hoping that it would be something innovative um obviously because like paul said Nintendo, the fact that they had to come out and say, like, we're not going to be competing with Sony and Microsoft, I was like, I feel like you haven't been doing that since the Wii, pretty much. Um, The Wii was completely, you know, left of center of what Sony and Microsoft were doing. So the fact that you you have to come out and say that we're doing something different, you're currently doing something different. Um, So just keep doing that, but make sure that, you know, you sort of refocus and make a, a system that actually works for gamers and also for casuals um yep. like the yeah. we did yeah uh, by, by this point by this point i hadn't bought a new nintendo console since the game boy advance mm-hmm. so it had been a while so for me nintendo was just an afterthought at this point um so i always wanted them to succeed but i was so frustrated with them for so long with their hubris and their just kind of completely unintuitive way of doing business um, that I, I just didn't care. But so when I thought about the NX, you know, I thought, well, maybe if the Wii U is such a big failure, they can finally get this right and they can finally just give fans what they want, which is, you know, just give us a, a, a not necessarily a traditional system, but one that doesn't feel like a gimmick. And I just wanted them to do that. Just don't make it feel like a gimmick, um, which I felt like that was the whole case with the Wii and the Wii U and even the 3DS to a certain extent, even, even though you could turn off the 3D um, effect. 
But, um, you know, there were some rumors around the time that there was going to be kind of like a console portable hybrid. And I was fine with that, I guess, but I was worried about how that was going to work because oh, it, yeah. it worked so poorly with the, with the Wii U. Um, so I don't know, but I just really, when I, when I thought about the NX, I was just like, you know, Nintendo, just give us something a little bit more traditional. I, I just want you to put your games <laughs> in, a, in, in a platform that I don't feel uncomfortable playing. Yeah, I would say like, okay, so I'm a huge Nintendo fan. I and I actually um, enjoyed the Wii U. I mean, there's a lot of like like truly great titles on that system. Um, I mean, of course, hardware wise, it's a it's a bit shitty. <laughs> not gonna lie, <laughs> <laughs> and not even a bit shitty. Like, I mean, it's horrible. Um, but like with the NX, like my like basically like my dream um, Nintendo console at that point was like I wanted something like I wanted a powerful Nintendo console. Like a, mm-hmm. a like like let, let's say like a very traditional console, but um, with an additional um, like handheld device, kind of like what Sony tried to do with the PS4 and the PS Vita, but yeah. like something that would actually like work. Um, okay, so with the Switch, I didn't excel, exactly get that, but I kind of feel like once again, like Nintendo's approach was probably better um, than. Like what would that be like my dream console? That's pretty safe to say, given the given the success of it, yeah. But yeah, then um the rest of the 2015 and the beginning of 2016 was quite um slow on the NX front. Um Nintendo did like they did say that they were gonna talk about the console in 2016. And of course, uh, a lot of people, um, me included, like uh expected that E3 2016 would be like the big, you know, switch party, um, or well, the NX party that the console would be, you know, revealed. Uh, we would get like all the, you know, new information and games. Um, and we actually, Nintendo did mention before E3, um, that Breath of the Wild was going to be, uh, on both the Wii U and the NX. But then they also mentioned that the NX would not be present at E3. Which, and, uh, Amasa, it, yeah. it kind of shows you how little faith Nintendo had in the Wii U, where it was yeah, like, exactly. all right, guys, we need to really push back Breath of the Wild so that it falls in line with the Switch release. Yeah. Because this is not going to work out if we release it on the Wii U first. Yeah. And um, and the, the reason why, um, like Shigeru Miyamoto stated, um, that the reason why the NX was not going to be revealed at E3 was that uh, they didn't want to reveal the system too early as they were afraid that the competitors would copy like the concept of the yeah. NX. And, and here's the thing, is that obviously there is precedent for you know Nintendo feeling like other companies would copy them. I think the Wii and the motion controls sort of prove that. Um, that you know other companies were willing to try stuff after Nintendo did it. But to be... You're 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 sitting on what is the worst console you've ever made sales wise, and you're you're still coming out here and talking like no, we can't show this off yet because you know people might try to steal this idea. Like that I is love it. that is that is the most Nintendo thing ever. Like you are you are down as down can be, but you're still so confident in yourself. It's uh, it's great. Oh, it's fantastic! It's it's like the it's like the sixth player off the bench on a basketball team, and he's like, "I should be starting." I'm like LeBron James. Yeah. You guys are the worst. I'm about to be like the league MVP here. 
You're saying Nintendo is J.R. Smith. That's oh pretty- yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh god, uh, pour one out for J.R. Smith in the past. I thought we were ahead, guys. <laughs> yeah, but no, that is that is just such bravado. Like even from, especially from like a Japanese company like Nintendo that's so old and so traditional. Um, to think that you know Microsoft and Sony are going to turn around from what they're doing—that's just making piles of money. To be like, no, we definitely all hands on deck. We're going to copy this new Nintendo console that we have no idea if it's going to be popular or not. Oh, it's awesome! I love it. So yeah, um, E3 2016 ended up being all about Breath of the Wild, and um, like personally, like I remember, um, because I mean I'm a huge Nintendo fan, so I was like really looking forward to the E3. Um, prior, uh, prior to the whole announcement that the NX would not be there, and after that I was a bit like, wait, what? We are just gonna get Breath of the Wild? Um, <laughs> and I mean I know that sounds really messed up because just gonna get Breath of the Wild. You know, like the long-awaited new Zelda game. Um, and somehow, it's interesting in retrospect how Nintendo, like, they didn't really show, like, they showed, like, hours and hours of footage. Um, like, they had the treehouse thing, and, you know, they were playing the, you know, playing Breath of the Wild. But they didn't actually, like, show much. Like, they, I don't know, um, like, five, six, seven hours of footage, but still... Yeah. And at first, like when, like I remember, like still remember the first time, like they showed the the first like, um, like full trailer. I was like, oh my god, that game looks amazing. But then after you know seeing like five six hours of gameplay footage, I was a bit like, okay, so is that all? Like <laughs> you are just you know hunting boss and you know going you know like you are in the middle of the woods and doing that like. I don't know. You you go camping and stuff. I was like, yeah, what, like what is this game? Is like camping simulator or something? Gosh, it's it's so funny that you put it that way because when because I didn't look into it as deeply as you, and all I saw was the trailer, and that trailer was magnificent. I mean, it like, looked gorgeous. Oh my god! And they just it was produced perfectly, and it was the first time I remember. Like after E three, it was actually the first time that. I actually started following what was going on with the Switch development or the NX. I don't remember when they actually called it the Switch. I think it was, I think it was later in October when they did yeah, the direct. Yeah, but yeah. exactly. Um, that was the first time where I'm like, oh, okay, this is something I should now pay attention to. I didn't actually watch the hours and hours of footage. Um, perhaps if I had, it would have tempered my enthusiasm a bit. But they really hit it out of the park with that trailer. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I I would have to agree. And I remember, like the first time I saw um, saw the trailer, I I actually got a bit emotional. I was like, "Oh my god!" Like the new Zelda game is finally coming out. Um, but at the same time, like once you know they started like rolling out all the footage, I was a bit like, uh, "Why are you know they showing this game on the Wii U? Like, wouldn't it make more sense to show it on their like new console?" Like, what is this? And at that point, I was still expecting, um, okay, so the Switch isn't, like, significantly more powerful than the Wii U. And, of course, you know, Breath of the Wild was originally a Wii U game. Mm. So, at first, I kind of expected the difference between the Wii U and the NX versions of Breath of the Wild to be a bit more. But, yeah, I mean, like, now I understand that 
it probably it didn't really matter. matter. Um, it was just about the game, um, and not not about the NX, not, like not yet. I mean, at, the, at this point, you know, they're you know they know that a new console is coming, but Nintendo's you know trying to keep people who have Wii U's on the Wii U, and if they can get you know a few more hundred Wii U sales by showing off Breath of the Wild on the Wii U, then so be it, you know. Um, so I think that was, that was, a that might've been part of the reason why they didn't want to focus too much on the NX because the Wii U is still out on the market. They don't want people to necessarily forget about it completely at this point because they're still going to be putting out stuff in the meantime and they want to keep their base satisfied as small I, as uh, it is. I, I disagree, Arnie. I think that they have forgotten about the Wii U by this point. <laughs> I mean, the only big release up to that point then was Paper Mario Color Splash. That was like the only release of 2016. Um, I, I just think they were biding their time until they could actually show it off. Mm. Um, yeah. I, I don't think it was really about, you know, increasing sales for the Wii U. I think they just completely didn't give a shit about the Wii U at this point. <laughs> I don't know. That was my impression. Why don't you tell me how you really feel about the Wii U? Ozzy? I feel like <laughs> no, not how I felt. How Nintendo felt. <laughs> but yeah, I think it started to take a little break. But yeah, we will be back soon. I personally followed like everything um, Switch related, like really closely, or well, NX related. Um, as a huge Nintendo fan, and what makes like new Nintendo consoles always like more appealing? Um, like, don't get me wrong, I love you know, I love Sony's consoles, um, and you know, Xbox is cool too. But the thing about like we already know like what the PS5 will be like. It's just gonna be a more powerful version of PS4. Um, mm-hmm. But with Nintendo consoles, you never know like what's coming. So I personally like I you know I followed every possible rumor. Um, but then there was like one um, leak, and like during the summer of 2016, uh, I think it was like a few weeks after E3. Um, Eurogamer, um, like the website Eurogamer, they reported that the NX was going to be a hybrid console um, based on mobile technology and it would have detachable controllers. Um, personally, I was a bit like, yeah, this is not exactly like what I expected. Yeah. Um, but yeah, did you guys follow the NX rumors at all? I think that I may have heard that Eurogamer leak uh, just through following like news sources and stuff. And the words mobile technology and game strike fear into your heart. (laughs) Conjure to mind what is the greatest uh, portable system of all time, the Nokia N-Gage. But in reality, uh, that was sort of a scary proposition because I, I, I wasn't sure whether they meant that it was going to be like like, I get the concept behind a portable 
and a like a hybrid console of that type. But because I'd never seen one before, I was like, what is this going to look like? Like, how is this going to work? And so obviously when you say mobile technology, I'm thinking like, well, clearly this isn't going to be like top of the line 4K video stuff. Um, but you would hope that it'd be up to Wii U standards. I w- it just made me nervous because I was like, I don't know how they're going to pull this off. Yeah, I would have to agree. And um, I was someone who, I like at that point, I had... Um, already like pre-ordered the NX. Um, like, like I know that in a lot of countries, like you can't actually pre-order things until they are like officially revealed. Mm-hmm. But in Finland, um, I I think I pre-ordered the NX. It was like maybe spring 2016. Um, and when I saw that like Eurogamer leak, I was like, to be honest, I was disappointed. I was like, because uh, they did mention um that it wasn't going to be very powerful and i was like like what the hell like sony will be releasing um the ps4 pro in a few <laughs> months which is going to be like a monster console and microsoft had mentioned something that they you know wanted to do like a mid-generation you know more powerful mid-generation console mm-hmm. and then uh, Nintendo is going to release like a souped up version of um the wii u i was like yeah what the hell like mm-hmm. how are they gonna pull it off like it makes no sense yeah i remember initial reactions to the switch like before it came out being very mixed like some people just not being on board at all so i think i mean i follow Eurogamer pretty religiously so of course i i kind of knew about the rumors and mm-hmm. i was a little bit worried because i i heard that it was going to be based on nvidia yeah um uh and what, what was that uh handheld console that nvidia released uh the shield oh. yes um yeah, so I, I was a little bit worried about that because that really told me that it was going to be a very underpowered console. But, you know, uh, I, gu- I guess it succeeded. So, yeah, who knows? The next part, we are finally, like, the Nintendo Switch will finally be revealed. And it happened on October um, 20, 2017, when Nintendo um, posted a video called First Look at Nintendo Switch on their um, YouTube channel. And first of all, what did you guys think about the trailer? I hated the name. And also, I felt, to be honest, like, I mean, everybody's made fun of this trailer, I think, to a certain degree. Especially the, the because the way that they marketed it was very different from the way I think they'd done things before. But I think it was the right way to do it. They, it wasn't. It was clearly not focused on children, it, because the entire commercial is just young adults to adults, uh, you know, using the Switch in its every configuration it can go. And I thought, you know, for what it was, I thought it was successful. I thought it was a little ridiculous that Nintendo expected people to like show up to parties with this thing and like you know start playing Mario Kart or whatever. But I mean, that's kind of happened. So again, what do I know about anything? Yeah, dude, I, I I couldn't agree more. Like, <laughs> no, it's it's true, right? It's it's equal parts ridiculous and effective, yeah. right? It's it's ridiculous because like I see, and dude, I've I've made fun of these Nintendo hipsters in these commercials yes. now several several times on this podcast, but like, but I'm I'm looking at them and I'm like, this is completely unrealistic. These people are way too good looking. None of them has ever touched <laughs> McDonald's in their life. <laughs> and and they're playing this console like let's be honest this isn't happening but at the same time like it's it is it's super effective right like it's not kids playing uh, these things anymore and you know uh, again i'm just repeating myself here as ridiculous as it was 
it was also very effective and it was definitely like the right direction for them to go in my opinion. Well, I feel like that's something that almost every developer that has tried something like this has done, you know, have the commercial with the cool hip kids, you know, testing it out in the basketball court and the like. Um, and I think that, yes, it was ridiculous, but for the first time, I think the Switch actually kind of, you know, pulled through with that. It actually achieved that vision because, yeah. you know, I'm not the first one that can tell you that. I could actually take my Switch anywhere and just bust mm-hmm. it out and play Overcooked with my friends, yeah. which I have done. Um, even recently, I was on a trip to Florida and we were you know, going to Disney and the like. And my brother's wife is a big Overcooked fan. And so we could just bust out the Switch and play it on a screen or put it on the big screen and just play it with, you know, four people. Yeah. I mean, it's the first time, you know, when you see it, when you saw it with the Vita, for example, where Sony had uh, this commercial of the person playing at home and then taking the game to go that's complete bullshit you know you're never gonna have something like that (laughs) even with the 3g that the vita came with if you if you opted for that one it just never worked like that Um, but with the switch it actually does and the big difference is that the console is built in to the portable so that's that's i think the big defining feature that it it can run independently of any streaming service or any type of data that you would need to stream yeah, and I mean the the moment in the trailer when the guy puts the dock into I mean puts the system in the dock and it just shows up on the TV, that was impressive. I was like, you know, that seems like legit if it's actually that quick of transfer cuz like he puts it in and it immediately shows up on the TV. I was like if they actually do it like that where it's not like a loading screen or it's not like it takes a second to to go that's pretty freaking cool like if i can you know seamlessly transition from sitting on my couch playing a game to going you know to the airport or outside or wherever and i can bring that with me and not have to worry about you know transition effects that's that's pretty legit um the second concern obviously is battery life which was not addressed there but you know you take what you get um, I thought it was pretty effective and that little logo and animation at the end with the with the sound effect, that was beautiful. That was a yeah, like, master like that, stroke. That click sound is so <laughs> satisfying. Yes. And I, I really love it like how nowadays whenever um you know you go on the eShop or you know you check out like Nintendo's uh, YouTube channel and in front of like every trailer you they, they have that little yeah. like switch animation. I have like a secret theory that that is sort of uh, like a Pavlovian thing where they've sort of conditioned us to be excited for things when we hear that noise. So now every time you hear it, you're like, oh, my God, what is that? <laughs> that's just my that's just my theory about Nintendo. No, no, the, it, I, I I really agree, actually. <laughs> like if that little sound is, you know, not something we've heard before. It's got a very satisfying little clicky thing. Yep. And yeah, they want they definitely want to associate that with the brand, I'm yeah. sure. And it immediately just teaches you like how this is going to work, right? How the controllers yeah. detach, how they attach, how the dock goes into the system, how it comes out. Um, so it just teaches you, like, even before you've held it in your hands, you're like, this is how you do it. This is what it's going to sound like. And yeah, I mean, if you think about the marketing, um, like they, I feel like even if the reveal trailer was a bit ridiculous in, you know, like some record, um, but like overall, if you think about it, like compared to the Wii U reveal, like, like, it's kind of like what Reggie Fields May said, like, he was like, yeah, the goal with the Switch reveal was, like, to be crystal clear in our communication of what the product was and what the mm-hmm. product could do. And, like, you know right away what 
what the console is gonna be like. Okay, so yeah, sure, you don't have like all the details, but like they show, you know, there's a guy playing Breath of the Wild on TV, and then he just, you know, grabs the switch and you know goes to the um, airport, and then you know you have a guy playing um, Skyrim during, during a flight, and then you mm-hmm. know. Okay, so a lot of these things they probably happen. Like, I mean, I have played, uh, like, ex- like I have had those like um, airplane, you know, switch yeah. moments, kind of like in the trailer. Like, exactly the same, except I wasn't playing Skyrim, but still. But like, I mean, like I haven't had a rooftop party with hipsters <laughs> playing Mario Odyssey. <laughs> Masa, you're not having rooftop parties every weekend. No, unfortunately, not. <laughs> <laughs> clearly, you're not the target demographic for this. Yeah, system. exactly. Yeah, maybe I should just GameStop my Switch. Yeah. <laughs> it's not for me after all <laughs> but yeah i mean i think the trailer was like really well made and they like they renailed it and also i think the the name okay at first i was a bit like Nintendo switch like that's yeah i i guess i had a bit of a bit of an arnie moment there but um but still i mean the name makes sense yeah and i think you know at least in my experience, I'm not used to seeing Nintendo commercials. Like we saw, they had that 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 uh, one uh, ad campaign for the Wii, which was pretty successful. I do not recall seeing much of anything for the Wii U. Um, but with the Switch, it seemed like they really pushed that sort of stuff. They were like, "We're gonna do a bunch of TV commercials," and I've seen a bunch of marketing for the Switch like all over the place from like. Prior to Inception, until now, I'm still seeing, like, you know, TV spots and billboards, or not billboards, but, like, you know, uh, sort of, uh, what, what's the word I'm looking for? Like, just signage and, and marketing for it going on constantly. And I think that's a big thing where Nintendo is just like, we're going to keep this in people's minds all the time. We're going to make sure that people know about this and that, you know, they sort of want to get in on it. Because when your friends are doing it, you're going to want to do it, too. Well, it's yeah, a different yeah. environment also. It's a, it's a different environment that you're in now because mm-hmm. everyone is gaming on mobile devices. Yeah. And so you really have to adopt a new strategy in order to be able to get people hooked. And for kids that have grown up with tablets, you really have to let them think that, okay, this is the next step up. This is what you really want. I mean, yeah. the tablet is nice and all, but this is the console that you really need to get if you want to get a real gaming experience. All right, so... um. Nintendo actually went silent um, after the Switch reveal for a few months. Like, they, you know, gave us the trailer. Um, they gave us, like, some little tidbits, but then they were like, okay, so we will have a, like, a big reveal event in January when we will, you know, reveal the launch lineup. Uh, we will talk more about the hardware. Uh, we will talk about pricing. And then finally, um, they had an event in January. Um, yeah, what did you like? Did you guys um, watch the reveal event, and how did you feel about the console after the event? Well, personally, I thought the reveal event was like a huge success, and I pre-ordered the console shortly after that. The fact that Zelda was going to be a launch title actually really just kind of sold it. Um, Breath of the Wild. I thought the hype for Breath of the Wild was gaining a lot of momentum. And personally, I got swept up in it. Um, pretty good, you know, pretty good event as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, and the Brody was, um, like, the January event trailer, that was, like, magnificent. Like, one of the very best video game trailers that I've ever seen. Yeah. Well, no, I, I, I you know, in terms of the January event, I mean, I, I didn't really 
you know, it didn't propel me to buy the Switch like like Paul, but it definitely made me interested in how it would work, uh, actually. So at the very least, I put on my radar that this is something I wanted potentially in the future. Um, but, I, you know, I, I don't think that it, it made a huge difference for me. But I, I was just glad to see more information about it. And one of the things that I really liked was that from reveal to this event to actual release was going to be a very short amount of time. And I always like it when developers and publishers do that, when, you know, they just release it, you know, within a few months of it being announced. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's actually interesting how basically, um, like, the Switch was revealed on October, like, late, late October, and then released, um, like, early March. And that basically, like, never happens with consoles. And especially, like, if you think about how, okay, so, yeah, the reveal happened in October, but then, like, was, like, around mid or late January, they finally, like, announced all the details, like the launch lineup, the pricing and stuff. And then it was like, okay, so yeah, the um, release date will be March 3rd, like a month and a you know half later. So that's something that never really happens nowadays with consoles. No, the companies want to start building hype as, as much as, like as far back as they possibly can. It's unheard of for there to be some kind of announcement you know, five months before and then three months before. That's virtually no time to build Steam. But I I mean, that's that's conventional wisdom, right? Where you build it up over a long period of time. Maybe a shorter hype train is better because you don't get burned out on it, right? Maybe they got it right. Who knows? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, at least the console has been selling. So, yeah. Yeah, and I yeah. mean they they you know they they pushed it with the marketing like we talked about before. They had a Super Bowl commercial, so I mean there's probably no better way, at least in the United States, to build up. Uh, there's probably no bigger marketing opportunity than the Super Bowl. So the fact that they went and put the money into it to actually get it out there probably reached several you know million people. Um, so I think that the they may they balanced out the short window by really putting the money into the marketing and really accelerating it that way. And they're fine like spending money on marketing like a, you know, like a mod- modern like a video game. Yeah, modern <laughs> company should do. Like they finally understood that they can just, you know, release a console and then, hey, we have a game coming out in a few months and that's it. Like they actually like have to, you know, put the product out there. Yeah. So yeah, about the reveal, it was... um revealed that the Switch actually is not that much more powerful than the Wii U, and it's even less powerful than, like, the base Xbox One. And, you know, if you think about Xbox One, like, uh, like that console, it's not exactly, like, a monster console. Mm-hmm. Um, so, of course, that raised some concerns, uh, at least for me, because I was a bit like, will they, like, really, even after all the comments about, like, how it's, like, very easy to develop games for the fits, uh, Switch, but I was still a bit like, um, what about the difference in power, like, the, like the horsepower, yeah. like, yeah, what's going to happen? Yeah. I don't know, I, I think I'm in the, I, I think I'm in the minority on this, where, I'm kind of tired about hearing about horsepower in video games. Like, I think we've reached the point now where the artistic vision in the game matters more, and we have the hardware in the Switch and anything more powerful to achieve that, right? Like, it's don't get me wrong, like, it's really cool to see the trailer for The Last of Us 2, for example, right? Like, looks absolutely incredible, and that's all well and good. But if The Last of Us 2 as a game ends up sucking, 
you know, no amount of graphics is going to save that. So, you know, the, the, the fact that the Switch is underpowered, I don't care. I just want good games. Yeah. And if it comes in a factor that's portable and can be used as a home console, all the better. Yeah, and I think that Breath of the Wild is a perfect example of that. It's not really a technical oh, powerhouse. Yeah. Um, and it's more about artistic direction, artistic direction rather than, than graphical power. Yeah. Um, I'll be honest, now that you mention it, Paul, um, I, I love The Last of Us 1. I am very uninterested in The Last of Us 2, despite how good it looks. Um, and I think that's a, a very common refrain. Mm-hmm. Um but I think, as you said, Paul, it's it's better now to just focus on delivering innovative experiences um, and exciting new experiences rather than trying to push the graphical envelope. Yeah. Yeah, I would have to agree. And and like for me nowadays, um, if you have a third-party game that is um, out on both, like let's say uh, on the PS4 and the Switch, most likely... Um, okay, so... There's been some examples of the Switch game, like the Switch board might have a very bad performance. Um, like, I don't really care about the graphics, but of course, I mean, if, if, if there's a game that's like 60 frames per second on PS4, and then, you know, the frame rate is like 15 on the Switch, then I mean, obviously, <laughs> like, in that case, I would go for the PS4 version. Mm-hmm. But in most cases, what matters to me is that I can choose how to play the game Mm-hmm. Um, and I have already noticed it that um, there's, a, there's actually a lot of games that I would rather play in handheld mode. Um, and then, I mean, of course, some games are absolutely like more like home console experiences. So, yeah, like at least personally for me, um, it's more important, like not the graphics, but as long as the game is performing well, I mean, that's enough for me. Yeah. Yep. Okay, so my next question is that... Um, because this is like one of those, and Nintendo has done polls about this, but for you, is the Switch a home console that you can take with you on the go, or a portable console that you can play on the TV? So, Paul, what do you think? I think it's a home console I can take with me. Mm. Like, it doesn't... We're at the point... Like, in three or four years, it's going to feel like a portable console that I can play on my TV, just because the technology is going to be more dated. But right now, the games look good enough and so much of a step up from the 3DS, for example, that this actually feels like a home console that I can pick up and and take with me, you know, to the bathroom, (laughs) realistically. (laughs) You know, I I, let me just put it this way. I don't care. And that's a good thing because it means that you can use it either way. And so that's why I can say, I don't care whether it's one or the other <laughs> because they both work just the same. Yeah. Like yeah. I would say personally for me, like, um, okay, at first I was a bit like, yeah, I mean, what's the difference? Like, for example, the PS Vita has very, you know, decent graphics and the Vita got, you know, big titles like Uncharted and so on. Um, but then when I first played um, Breath of the Wild in handheld mode, I was like, holy crap, like, this is nothing. It's next level. Yeah, I mean, it's it's next level. And the most important thing is that, like, game developers, like, they don't have to compromise. Like, like these are, like, legit home console games that you're playing on a, mm-hmm. basically a mobile device. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so now we are getting to the launch of the Switch, which happened on uh, March 3rd. 
2017, and um, I, like I mentioned earlier, like I had my console pre-ordered, like well in advance. Um, Paul, didn't you get the console at launch as well? Yeah, I pre-ordered it. I got it on launch with Zelda. No regrets. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but one thing that kind of disappointed me, like I remember, like when they had the January reveal event and they, you know, announced the launch lineup, and I'm gonna list. Um, the games that were available at launch. Um, of course, yeah, you had Breath of the Wild. <laughs> you had one, two switch. Yeah. Um, <laughs> one, two had, switch. Yeah. <laughs> you had a you know a Skylanders game. I'm not sure if that that was a port or it was if it was a you know unique game for the Switch. I have no idea. You had you know just another Just Dance game. Um, okay, so one game that was like fairly interesting, Super Bomberman. Bomberman R. Uh, yeah, I mean, it was cool seeing uh, Bomberman coming back. And then you have well, a... It was, few... was called cool Konami releasing games at all. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, yeah. Like, like like an actual video game and not, not a pachinko machine. <laughs> but And then you had a few, you know, you had like Snipper Clips, um, Fast Remix, I Am Setsun, like digital games. But I remember like when they had the event and they announced the launch lineup, I was very disappointed because I was like really ready to like put some money down and, you know, order a few games and then i saw the lineup and i was like yeah i mean there's breath of the wild um I what. yeah and i was like <laughs> bomberman could be cool but like i don't know fuck konami and all that um <laughs> can't help it um but well but but let, let me just put it this way though i mean it, it's a very similar lineup to what they had with the nintendo 64 which had Super Mario 64 and Pilot Wings. Yeah, exactly. You know, not, not to not a dig against Pilot Wings, but it was literally the only game you could buy. Yeah, exactly. And it really is a testament to how important a great game is to a launch console. Mm-hmm. Because when you really think about it, um, the GameCube didn't have a killer game at its launch, and the Wii U didn't have a killer game at its launch. But guess what? The Wii had it with Wii Sports. Nintendo 64 had it with Mario 64, Super Nintendo had it with Super Mario World, and the Nintendo had it with Super Mario. So it really, it didn't matter. It didn't matter at the end of the day because you had Breath of the Wild. And even though that was already on the Wii U, you know, you could play it on the Switch. And that's what literally, I think the attach rate was like one-to-one. Like every person that bought a Switch bought Breath of the Wild. Yeah, actually like at... Like at its highest, it was. I think it was like the attach rate was like was like one hundred and like two percent. Yeah. Like some people who didn't even buy the console, <laughs> so they just like bought like two copies. Yeah, like I mean, because I know that in a lot of places, like you, you know, like couldn't even buy a Switch because yeah, I mean there were stock issues, but then you know people bought the game. Yeah. So yeah, I mean that was insane. And um, okay, so Pretty Wild, of course, um, like. The other games aren't really like worth talking about, especially not one two switch, which I unfortunately ended up buying because <laughs> I got caught up in wah, the launch wah. hype and I was like, I want another game. Yeah, I mean, even the fact if I that knew one that, two yeah. switch wasn't just a pack in is that's, it that's have been. nickel and dime shit. Like Nintendo really should have just put it in the box. Yeah, yeah, but it, it, it's kind of sad that that game has still sold over. What was it like? Let me check out the actual <laughs> sales numbers. It's at 
2.45 million. Um, oh, and it's good one of the It's one of the best-selling Switch games. Masa, Masa, it's brilliant what they did then. You may have been pissed off at it, but it's brilliant. Yeah. They managed know, to sell one to yeah. Switch 2.45 million, million times. times. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Think about that. And I'm fairly sure that at they least packaged like dog shit and sold it million two million times. Felt the same, you know, after getting the game. <laughs> <laughs> it really is. It's a staggering amount of disappointed people. Yeah, like, yeah, when you exactly. really think about it, 2.45 million disappointed people? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, let's so. talk about the um, the game that was actually relevant out of this launch title, Sprouty Wild. Um, it became a huge success story, and uh, right now it's actually the best-selling Zelda game if you, you know, if we... Um, exclude like the remakes um like for example ocarina of time would would be number one but um there's the 3ds remake uh but yeah uh and the meta score um 98 a lot of people a lot of reviews um including me consider it the best game ever made and the hype was just insane and it was a game that truly went viral um because a lot of like nowadays, it's really important that you have a game. Like it's not enough that the game is good, but you kind of have to have the game go viral on you know social media platforms and you know tweets and YouTube, and then like probably well, like it truly exploded. Um, so well, everyone loves Zelda. That's something that we can generally agree on. Um, it's it's you know both adults, uh, people in their forties and their thirties and their twenties and their teens, but really there wasn't a really big Zelda event kind of since Ocarina of Time. Um, you can say that Twilight Princess was that, but it was on the GameCube and that was a failure. So people were waiting for like a big Zelda to wow them away, and particularly when people thought of Breath of the Wild, they thought. You know, this might be the cell that is kind of up in the world and that's like Skyrim and the like. So it's everything we've been asking Nintendo for finally delivering. So it, it really was the cell that was necessary for the time. And I think that Nintendo delivered. If it had been a, a, a crappy game or if it had been just mediocre, then people would have just shunted at it. But Nintendo delivered with a really good game. And so it was ripe for the time, you know, where people wanted a new Zelda and the Zelda happened to be excellent. Yeah, I mean, I would say that's the most important thing because, okay, so, like, I don't remember the last time a Zelda game got, like, mediocre reviews. Like, if you think about, like, um, Skyward Sword, like, that actually got, like, really good reviews. and then yeah, But it's a mediocre game. Yeah, I mean, in retrospect, a lot of people are like, well, it wasn't that great after all. Twilight mm-hmm. yeah, and, and, I, and I think Masa, Masa it, that's something that's always been the case with Nintendo. All the reviews are inflated. So you have to take every new Nintendo release with a grain of salt because you know um, that a lot of it is going to be you know inflated, and I think that was the case with a lot of games. Like you know, New Super Mario Brothers got terrific reviews, and now we can, in hindsight, say oh, that wasn't really a great game. Um, Skyward Sword. Um, I mean, it, it just kind of goes with the territory. Super Mario uh, Sunshine. That was another one that was terrifically reviewed. I, I've known this for a long time, and it's just kind of part and parcel. Every Nintendo release will be inflated to a certain extent. But yeah, I would say, um, like, the most important thing was that Brothers World was actually, like, legit good. And if you think about it as a game, it was a huge risk for Nintendo because, I mean, this is a company that has never made any, like, truly open world games. 
and it's amazing that they okay i'm not gonna say like my personal opinion is that like for me Brothy Wild is the best game i've ever played okay it's not my favorite game but this also coming from someone who's not a big fan of open world games but somehow i just like really got into Brothy Wild um and it's amazing that a company not known for open world games like that they were able to make like such an amazing game yeah no it's it's obviously out of left field right it's not something i don't know it's not something completely unexpected just because the zelda franchise and the developers have the pedigree but at the same time yeah i like you know the open world game has been done many times before and very well refined so in order to see something as even more refined and innovative in many ways as zelda was a bit of a surprise for sure yeah, and I think uh, if I recall correctly, they brought in um, Monolith Soft, the people that do the Xenoblade games, to help them out with the open world um, technology. Um, so they had done the Xenoblade games. So I think that you know they brought in some of their teams in order to be able to make sure they got it right. Yeah, it's yeah. actually quite crazy how I believe that like half of Monolith Soft, um, like they had a team working on um, Xenoblade Two. But then, like, half the team was working on um, Breath of the Wild. And that's why they actually had to outsource, like, all the cutscenes from Xenoblade 2 to, like, um, to another company. Because they just didn't have, like, the manpower to do it themselves. Yeah, to do both. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, um, and now the question is that, um, do you think that the Switch would have been as successful, like, right off the bat if it had launched with, like, like some other game than Breath of the Wild? Absolutely not. Yeah, no. No. Uh, I don't know. I think it obviously there's only like a handful of games that could have filled that slot. I don't know if they had done Odyssey instead of Breath of the Wild, if it would have been as big. Um, but it I think it still would have been successful. But obviously Breath of the Wild is the marquee Switch game. I think even even now, I think Breath of the Wild is the game that most people think of when they think of the Nintendo Switch. So the 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 success of the switch was definitely tied at launch to the success of breath of the wild and and they nailed it Uh, i i think i think arnie i'm gonna say it now Zelda is more important to nintendo than mario i (laughs) i'll say it now because the thing is mario is still perceived as you know a child's game whereas Zelda it really is cross-generational so i even think that even if they had released with odyssey i don't think it would have performed as well I think Zelda was just the right game at the right time. Yeah, you have to get like the hardcore people in first before you can get the casual people. Um and that's and I'm I'm kind of pigeonholing and making it almost sound like a negative thing towards the casual gamers, yeah. but you have to have that you have to have that kind of hardcore approval and the money that you get from those strong sales at first mm-hmm. in order to then be able to continue your marketing push and continue that momentum. And to be able to legitimately say, this console is very popular. And you do that with Zelda. You know, you get that hardcore element in there first with Zelda. Then you can release your Mario and so on and so forth and get even more people in on it. But you have to have that foundation first. And I think you, I think Ozzy, you're right. I think you build that foundation with Zelda first and then the other first party stuff. 
Yeah, so I I don't think so, Masa. I think that it really was so that maybe it would have been successful, but it would probably have been a little bit slower to get going. The fact that they won, they had such an incre- incredible game, it really meant the difference between buying at day one or waiting at some other point down the line. At the very least, it gave Nintendo the confidence to say, okay, I think we may have hit on something. I think we did right. Yes. Um, which they may have otherwise not had. Yeah, and I would argue that, um, okay, so Nintendo has, like, they have a few, like, real, like, benchmark games or, like, a few games that are, like, truly important. Um, and I would I would say, like, okay, so Wii Sports, okay, so, yeah, you can say, you know, what you want to say about the quality of the game, but that's, like, one of the, you know, biggest video games of all time. Same thing with, like, the first Super Mario Brothers game. That was very important for the like entire video games industry. But I would say like you can mention um Breath of the Wild in the same breath as like those games. Like it's one of the most important releases of, of like the history of Nintendo. So Funnily enough, Wii Sports actually completely poops on my whole hardcore gamer theory foundation, <laughs> you know? Yeah. <laughs> So uh, I, I mean, think, but that's an exception. I guess I don't thing, know what Bob. I'm talking about. No, I think no. I think Wii Sport. I I don't think Wii Sport goes against your foundation because Wii Sport was a pack-in, and so I think that sort of offsets that thing. If Wii Sports was even a thirty-dollar game, I don't think you see it be as big as it is. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, I, I think Wii Sports is the best-selling game of all time. Is it? Uh, no, not anymore. It used to be. Yeah. Um, it's around at like eighty million. Uh, but like I believe that. Okay, so you have Minecraft. Um, oh, but yeah. that, that's oh, a bit oh, like... Oh, yeah. Say no more, fam. Yeah, but then another game, another game which has actually like... Like Minecraft, uh, I'm not sure if it has actually like sold that many copies. Because I mean, at, at least at one point it was like a free download. But like GTA V, uh, the last time oh, I yeah. checked it was like at 95 million. Nah, so that's Lord. insane, yeah. No, but I think that Wii Sports is at like 120, 130 million or something like that. Because it was a pack-in. Well, so, it can't be since so it might be the best selling game. hundred million. Yeah, a <laughs> hundred million. All yeah. right. Well, anyways, yeah, but um, I don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, then um, yeah, the next big title um that was released on this week was uh, Mario Kart 8 Deluxe, and this is something that has been a bit of a hot topic. Um, Bring on the ports, baby. Yeah, all the Wii U ports. Um, okay, so. Obviously, it was the right decision to port Mario Kart 8 over to the Switch because it has actually outsold the original game. And nowadays, like a year later, um, almost a year and a half later, when you check out like the best-selling, you know, games charts, whether it's like Europe, um, America, um, Japan, like Mario Kart 8 is still there. Okay, so yeah, absolutely made sense to release it, but. Yeah, it's like Nintendo obviously like didn't stop there, and since then we have gotten numerous um, Wii U ports. Um, let me just list a few: uh, Bayonetta One and Two, Hyrule Warriors, Captain Toad, um, Donkey Kong Tropical Freeze, and then there's a bunch of like um, third-party games like um, Rayman Legends, um, Doom, Lego City Undercover. Um, so yeah, I mean, there's there's been a bunch of those. And personally for me, like, I was one of the, you know, one of the 10 people who, who actually, like, supported the Wii U. And I actually, like, I mean, I own all these games on the Wii U. Uh, but 
still like I don't think it's a bad thing that they are getting re-released on the Switch. Uh, but what do you guys you know think about all these like Wii U ports on the Switch? I think it's I think it's good. It helps flesh out the launch lineup fairly quickly, which as we discussed, not the greatest. Um, and also, you know, we we U had such low sales numbers that this will be the first time for a lot of people experiencing these games. So I think it's perfectly fine. Um, as far as Mario Kart 8 goes, definitely had to bring it over because it was good. It was the premier multiplayer game for that system. There wasn't really a multiplayer game that was worth talking about, I think, until Mario Kart 8 came out. Yeah, agreed. Especially for especially for local multiplayer. Yeah. Um, I mean, you know, you can say you you can say Splatoon two is multiplayer, but you know, we're kind of splitting hairs there. Mario Kart Deluxe definitely the definitely the premier multiplayer game. And I mean, as far as the Wii U ports are concerned, great idea. My only issue is paying full price for Donkey Kong Tropical Freeze. <laughs> That's, guys, that's a tough sell, man. Yeah. Like, it, you know, it's been released already. It's an older game. Um, and, you know, that can be applied to Hyrule Warriors as well. Like, I just, I, I can't stomach that. Nah. Well, I would say with Hyrule Warriors, it's not as bad because it does include all the DLC uh, from both, like, the Wii U game and also the, like, the 3DS version. So there's, like, lots of um, extra content compared to the original version. But yeah, with Donkey Kong, you like I, I think the only thing you have is that um basically like the easy mode character, whatever it was called. So yeah, it definitely shouldn't be like a sixty dollar game. Yeah, that that's that's a bit that's a bit rough. You know, maybe maybe a little greedy, but uh, on balance, yeah, you definitely want to have those ports. Like because like Arnie said, you know, it fleshes out your relatively weak lineup it's hard to call the lineup weak because it has breath of the wild like that's the thing right (laughs) you have one of the greatest of all time so it's kind of you know it's kind of hard to call it weak but you're you're right it it might be a little bit sparse and uh it definitely helps uh get some you know get some uh some muscle on those bones yeah and and look i mean the wii u was a failure so it's 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 it's, 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 (laughs) uh let's just stress it i mean so getting this games onto the switch was necessary because a lot of people missed it so if if the switch you know is owned by a bunch of people that didn't own the wii u you know they're gonna get to experience these games for the first time so so it's perfectly fine and you know, like you, Paul, I, I don't have as big of an issue with paying full price for this game. So, you know, I, I'm very much, look, I can say this because I have a, a fairly good job and, you know, modest income and the like. So I think that, you know, games should be held to their value. I don't think that games should necessarily be devalued because of age or time. Um, would I prefer that they be cheaper? Yeah, of course. But I also want to make sure that developers kind of get their revenue in order to keep on making good experiences. So I, I, I tend to think that letting games preserve their values is as a whole a benefit to the industry than a detriment. Well that's that's a very that's a very generous view. The penny pincher in me grudgingly <laughs> agrees. <laughs> and also okay. we have to remember that um, with the Switch, like the third parties weren't like actually like on board right away, so that's mm-hmm. why the like the third party input outside of the indies um has been like very sparse so far. And I mean, I understand that game development takes some time, so that's why I mean all these ports like they you know help fill in those gaps. 
like because Nintendo like themselves like they can't you know release a brand new you know big title every month so mm-hmm. yeah i mean you need this while you know neither of themselves and you know the third parties are getting ready to release like more games look look masa nintendo could literally not release a new game for the rest of the switch's lifetime they could just release their whole back catalog of games on other older consoles and it would be fine but they don't do that so at least this is a good first step in trying to yeah. get you know their games to a greater audience because honestly as paul said intellectual property should be the only focus of nintendo and they have so much untapped potential i mean it's not as bad as something like sega in which they just have you know they just leave things to linger until recently um but nintendo they have so much that they could rely on from their prior history that they could just get by on it i'm still waiting on metroid prime 4 guys still (laughs) oh yeah still waiting I honestly, let me say it. I think that was the big reason why I bought a Switch, and I'm still waiting. As you said, <laughs> I don't know when I'll be waiting. They'll probably release but yeah, it for at the least next like console. Aussie, like it's not that bad because like my friend actually bought a PS3 for The Last Guardian. Oh, nice! And we we all oh. know how that went. <laughs> Poor guy. Yeah. <laughs> all right, so that concludes the first part of our Nintendo Switch episode. But yeah, before we leave, Paul. Where can we find you? Uh, you can find me on Instagram, Paul's underscore Game Room. And Arnie? Uh, you can find me on Instagram at, uh, at Region Free Gamers most of the time, uh, or on my <laughs> personal account, um, at Welcome to the Game. It's Welcome Number Two The Game. Uh, we're also on YouTube at Region Free Gamers um, and Spotify now, so come check us out there as well. Yeah. Uh, and Aussie? Uh, you can find me at Shadow the Collector with periods in between. I should really change that handle because it's complicated to mention. <laughs> <laughs> but you can find me there. Yeah, and, and you can, can find, find you, me Masa? Um, on Instagram, and my handle is masacharvinen09. And as always, like um, I would like to ask you guys um, to leave a comment on you know on our page. Um, and please leave a review no, leave yeah, a review that's what we yeah, need yeah like please leave, <laughs> leave a review uh leave a rating on itunes um and yeah i mean if you like the show then yeah just like we appreciate it if you would you know promote the show to your friends all right thanks guys <laughs>